Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast Lockdown Series. Every Monday we'll be connecting with Italian wine people. Join us to find out what they're doing and drinking today. This podcast is brought to you by Colangelo and Partners, the leading fine wine and spirits agency in the US. Visit Colangelo and Partners on www.colangelopr.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lockdown Series with Italian Wine People. I'm Michelle Erland, and I am an Italian wine ambassador and super excited to be here with Laura Faluga. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you for hosting me. Very happy to be here on this first day of summer. Oh, of course, of course. Laura, I have to tell you, it's such an honor for me to be here interviewing you today because I am such a fan of your family's wines, and it's very nice to virtually meet you uh, in person. Um, so tell us, how are you doing? How is the family doing? Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I had the chance to speak with you earlier this week, and um, I found out you spent some time in Italy, you speak Italian, you, you were living nearby in Verona. So sto I'm provando con italiano, sto provando. <laughs> so what was anche un po' allenarci durante il podcast, così I train my English and you can train your Italian in the mix. Perfetto, perfetto. So I'm glad to, to, to feel uh, your love for Italy, I feel it already, and I hope you'll be able to travel again soon and visit us soon. Uh, here in Friuli. This little... I do as well. I do as well. I can't wait. Yes, I, I did live in Verona um, for two years and it was amazing and uh, fell madly in love even more so with, with Italian wine. So I'm very happy to be still working with Italian wine. Yeah. Um, so what did you spend lockdown with? I'm renovating my home currently. So my mom was kind enough to host me. And it's been like a dive back in the adolescence days uh, experience. But I, I believe our bond grew even stronger. Uh, yeah. So she was she very happy. loved it. <laughs> she did because I've been away for such a long time. That's what she tells me. I'm not quite sure if she actually did. But <laughs> um, we've been a lot, away for a long time. So it's nice to get to spend time with family in a yeah. difficult, difficult situation. What did you spend your lockdown days with? So I was actually in my apartment by myself, but thankfully there's so many virtual opportunities to connect with my family and friends. So I feel like I've had people the whole time with me. So wine as well. Always, the wine didn't start stop coming. So that was great. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some hobbies maybe that you perfected or picked up during a lockdown that you think you are going to continue with after uh, everything reopens. I heard a rumor actually that you really, really love learning foreign languages and that recently you started um, studying Chinese again. Is that is that correct? That was actually the, um, the, perp- the purpose, as you say, the um, intention before lockdown happened. So I finally gained the contact of a, of a, of a person in my hometown so I could start doing le- lessons again and then lockdown happened so it, it, I didn't got back to Chinese but I've seen there's plenty of very interesting applications and you know profiles on uh, on Instagram that could be helpful in the meanwhile and it's definitely something I want to do um, there's um, 
teach us any words in Chinese? Of course. Well, I'll start from the basic, which is hello, and it's ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. Wo zhao means my name is. Wo. Wo zhao. Wo zhao. Well, it's like saying "ciao" in, in Italian. Have the D sound. Ciao, Michelle. Amazing. Well, how about something like "Where is the wine?" Do you know that in Chinese? Yes. Who told you Thai nar? My apologies, our Chinese listeners. It's been a long time since I lived in China. It's been eight years, so my tones are off. But. Tao, um, it means uh, grapes. Jiu means alcohol. So to define wine, you you say the alcohol made of grapes. Tai means is, and nar means where. So Putao Jiu Tai Nar. That's incredible. I'm not even going to try to repeat it because I know I'm going to butcher it. So I trust you. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, Got a lot, but um, actually, I really, really can't wait to go back physically to to China and uh, you know regain uh, the consciousness of the language. Remember, because with languages, if you don't use them, then they they evaporate somehow. No. Yes. No, you're absolutely correct. I'm sorry. How's it going with your Italian? Um, definitely have to keep studying. <laughs> but uh, in New York, I'm lucky because there's lots of opportunities to take. Uh, language classes, and I do work with a lot of Italians, so they they keep me on my toes. <laughs> do you have a favorite phrase or sentence or you know modo di dire uh, that uh, you? So yes, but I don't know if I can say it um, on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, no, I love to say dove stai andando. I just love to ask people. I think it's just so it just flows so nicely to. Ask. Say that phrase. So I do say that a lot in the office.、Um, I think that、um, it's very similar、um, in the Italian and Chinese culture is the passion for food and the fact that we're very loud. And so when I first moved to China, one of the first things that they taught me is that when you meet somebody in the streets or when you call somebody,、uh, the typical way to ask how they are, I mean, how are you, is did you eat already? Wow. Very relatable in the Italian culture as well. Yes, no, I know that for sure. <laughs> in Italy, no matter what time of day it was, my Italian friends would say, "Are you hungry? Did you eat?" <laughs>、um, so let's talk about any other hobbies that you have.、Um, I also know that you are a yoga and instructor. I mean, I have the certificate. I've never actually had the courage to teach anybody anything. I think that you need a lot of like you need to be responsible about these things. So yes, <laughs> potentially. Do you find though that you practice your yoga during the lockdown more? I tried. So the most difficult thing I don't know if you、um, agree with me was to keep a routine within the within this. Absolutely. This、um, so what I tried to do, I tried at the beginning. I set too many rules. So I said to myself, so now you've got the chance. Now you get the chance to do all of those things you've never had time to do. So you wake up at six, and then you drink a liter of water, and then you do yoga, and then you work for two hours, and then you do I don't know heat training, and then you take a nap, and then you eat healthy, only proteins and veggies. And then you write that book you always wanted to write. <laughs> 
Chinese. And of course, that lasted a day and a half. <laughs> and then, you know, this following couple of days, I would just lie on the bed thinking what am I going to do for this entire time. So the key was training to find some balance. And of course, yoga is very helpful in this kind of intention. What do you think? I know you love yoga too. I, I do I do like yoga, but um, I'm not a teacher. So I was hoping you could maybe teach me a good move to do um, to keep balance while I'm working from my home office, which is also my kitchen. <laughs> Since I, um, I'm very also very lazy, uh, my favorite pose in yoga is Shavasana <laughs> or anything related to uh, pranayama and breathing exercises. I think those are the most powerful tools um, to really recenter oneself and um, regain, regain you know, consciousness of your own uh, pace and, and mm -hmm. breath and clearness of thoughts. Um, so. I lost, I lost my, my, my flow. I could teach you Shavasana, but I think you know it already. Or another thing, another thing I could teach you that I think it's kind of interesting and useful uh, to anybody that um, is listening to us. And it's one of the, um, you know, um, aspects that I brought back to my actually daily life. I try to do it every time when I wake up. So when I went to India, this is a very um, millennial thing to, to say, maybe, I don't know. Um, I had different teachers. I had one teacher that would teach me the asana, which are the exer the physical poses that you actually uh, go through during your yoga practice. And then um, there was another teacher who, was, who would teach the, the, you know, the theory of yoga and uh, the breathing techniques and the meditation. And uh, before going there, uh, I had this image of meditation as something very esoteric, very bizarre, very difficult to understand and conceive. As a matter of fact, through him, I understood that it's something very pragmatic and easy to, to practice. So it's not easy to achieve uh, a state where you're in a deep meditation, but it's very easy to try to meditate or to do it for a small time span every day. And what they used to do, um, they used to bring us some uh, little um, cups with oil and a little flame. And he used to teach us that to meditate, you need to set your intention on one item. The traditional thing they set their intention in the schools is this little flame on the top of the candle. You cannot choose an idol band. I, for example, at the beginning, I would meditate on the BTS. I'm very fond of Korean pop. And that would not work. You cannot, you know, you set your intention on um, a, a person you would like to become um, or um, a physical entity. It could be the sea, uh, the fire, a light. And you should breathe deeply in and out. Now we, we, can, we can use the bottle of wine as our flame. Okay. It's gonna work. Or maybe the wine itself. Okay. You should take five deep breaths. We'll take two. Focus on the object. And then keep the image of the object in your head. And the only thing that should be left in your mind should be the image of that object.
And what they say is that when you really achieve a state of deep meditation, um, you actually feel like you are um, like diving in light. You lose consciousness of all of the sounds in the surrounding and your internal um, struggles. Uh, and that is a state that should be easier and easier to achieve the more you practice. And um, through concentration and balance, um, I really believe that anybody can find um, um, life even more pleasant and uh, better achieve their goals and, um, you know, be healthier and happier. And yeah. it's something that I hope also... Because, you know, the New York life is just hustle and bustle and it's... I know as soon as we open phase two, everyone's going boom, right back. <laughs> to the way. Those five minutes to go back to their inner peace. Inner back. Yes. So well, thank you. I'm going to definitely uh, use that. So let's have a glass of wine together. I uh, picked myself up the 2017 Pinot Grigio. Nice. Uh, my favorite. It's very hot in New York today. So it's. I'm going to enjoy this throughout the day because it is uh, breakfast time. So I will enjoy the rest of it later this afternoon. Um, but Laura, thank you so much. What are you drinking? Actually, I'm drinking Abbazia di Rosazzo 2017, which is the blend that we produce at the Ancient Abbey. Of well, I haven't tried that one yet. Have you? I yes. haven't. It's a blend of a Friulano Sauvignon and Pinot Bianco. And when you'll visit, will take you to a very spiritual, actually, place, which is the Abbey. It's very important for the wine history in the region, but also um, I think it could be um, a good place where to go back to the balance we talked about. practice our meditation together. And, exactly. <laughs> so, Laura, thank you so much for joining uh, me today on the Italian Wine Podcast. Um, cheers to you and your family, and I really hope to uh, be able to cheers together in person very soon. Me too. Please visit soon and stay healthy and safe and enjoy phase two. <laughs> Grazie. Chin chin. Viva. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with the lockdown series each week. This concludes our final episode. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Italian wine people in their homes and hopefully you got some ideas on new hobbies, foods to prepare or wines to try. Stay tuned to the Italian Wine Podcast and plugged in to the Italian wine world.